Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter Welcome to a pod of their own. This is episode 110 of a pod of their own. I am Allison McCaig and I am joined this week by all of my lovely co-hosts. As you can see, if you're watching this live on Facebook, I am joined by Linda Servich. Hello, Linda. Hello. Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Hi. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello. Uh, so this is our annual cookie podcast, which we usually do live because it's much more fun to have a visual when we're eating cookies. Um, and so we're just going to eat cookies and talk about the Mets. That's like <laughs> what this is it. This is that's what this is about. And, and we'll we answer, will deliver on those promises. We will. Uh-huh. We will. And we will answer your questions. If you have questions for us, um, feel free to drop them in the Facebook comments. We've got Brian um, podcast dad monitoring the, the hi, comments Brian. for us. Uh, hi, Brian. Uh, Hello. And uh, he will help us out. So if you have questions for us uh, beyond what we are already discussing, then feel free to drop them in the comments. Um, but yeah, it's you guys. Do we want to like tell everyone what cookies we have on hand here? Sure. Let's start with let's start with Linda. What cookies you got, Linda? Well, I did not get insomnia cookies this year, but um, I got us. I was out sick last week. Not COVID. It was cold. <laughs> to be clear. Um, and then when I came back, a lovely patron and her daughters baked me cookies. That's awesome. So, so, and then she even got like this cute little tin and it was just such a nice surprise to come back to after I wasn't feeling well and still a little stuffy. 
Um, so I have these and then I have a baking mishap gone wrong that I did with my sister. Um, so I have two of cookies that I made myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so those are my cookies. Baking mishaps and but you've got the homemade stuff, so that's good. I do, yes. Um, how about you, Kellyanne? What cookies do you have? I have, I'm being snobby tonight. I have French macarons. Yay. So I have no, I have no idea what flavors they are. So maybe you guys can choose what flavor I should try first. I have like some semblance of an idea what some might be like, this is obviously chocolate, um, but everything else, I don't know. So really know. we're voting on a color here. Yeah, yeah we're voting on a we color. We are voting is on a color. Oh, do I there see is, purple? Yes, like there purple. is purple. This one's purple. We're voting. I think we're preemptively voting for purple. I think we're okay. all voting for purple. All in favor? Okay. Purple. <laughs> okay. Purple. All right. Okay. Well, Maggie, what cookies do you have? Okay. Um, Insomnia and I had some trouble getting <laughs> our selves on the same page this weekend. There were some disappointed, partially fulfilled orders, but um, I did. This was also, this was the weekend that I did all the baking for the kids' teachers. So I have these ginger snaps, not, not ginger snaps. That's not really a good descriptor of them. Um, they're like a chewy kind of molasses-y ginger cookie. I will describe them in much more detail later on because they are amazing. Can you and that's why I make them all the time. Can you Willy Wonka some over to me, please? <laughs> I can send you the recipe. <gasps> yes, please. Ooh. I love so, you. <laughs> I think I'm the only one here with insomnia cookies. I do have insomnia. Gosh, cookies. you weirdo. <laughs> I Ooh. tried, man. One just fell on the laptop. It's fine. Stick in some rice. You know, it's okay. We're, we're okay. But I don't want to tilt it too far lest they fall again. But here they are. There's three of them. I got a Beautiful. total box of six, but I only have three right here. Um, and one of them is very similar, probably to what Maggie has. So I might eat that one. And first. if you think you're ordering that insomnia cookie in the upper Manhattan area, you got another thing coming because they do <laughs> not exist on this. I see insomnia cookies came through on the other hand, although they did not have the red velvet cookies and cream, which I was really upset about because I really want to try that one. And it was a holiday flavor, but they were out of it. But they told me that ahead of time. unlike with Maggie. <laughs> um, but what, but the holiday flavor that they did have is their gingerbread, which is very similar to what Maggie described. Like it's a ginger cookie, but it's not like, it's not a snap. It's not a, it's not a hard. And also not a gingerbread. It is not, not right. designed for sculpting. Correct. So it's just like, it's just a molasses-y soft gingery cookie. So I'll probably eat I'm that so one hungry. first. And then on my, <laughs> and then on my plate, I also have the classic um, M&M's one which is my personal favorite of the insomnia like staple ones. And then I have the giant deluxe cookie. Cause I got the super six box, which you get like five or I can't remember if it's five or six, but it's like five or six, like regular cookies. Then you can choose one deluxe one. So this one's giant and it's salted caramel. And I'm very excited. That is one of the best. Awesome. So that's my cookie assortment there. Are, we also got, but I saved for Michael snickerdoodle sugar. And uh, I think that's it there. The, no peanut butter chip. We got a peanut butter chip one. So those are in the awesome. other room and they're for Michael. And I'm letting him have them because I am a benevolent person. Oh, um, I did a Facebook notification the other day, oh, yesterday, uh. 
that it was on this date last year that I traded a box of cookies for a sofa. Yeah, one year anniversary of trading the cookies for a sofa. So that was yesterday. So I've had my, my Lexi for full circle. Yeah. Do you still have the sofa? Huh? You still have the sofa? I do. It's in my spare bedroom. Happy sofa anniversary. Yes. It's basically Maddie's. Happy sofa anniversary, <laughs> Linda. Um, okay. So if we all want to get started with our cookies, we can get started with our cookies and our Chang Mets. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna dig right in here with the gingerbread first. And then I'll get started talking about the Mets. I'm dipping it in my milk. I do have milk. I didn't show everyone that, but I do. Um, yeah, I got the milk too. I'm still a non-drink milk drinker. Uh, It just, I don't do it. I bought milk. Specifically for this, we were out of milk. I got it for this. I have really water good. on one side. I have wine on the other. <laughs> oh, you water for the palate cleanser. Yes. Excellent. Um, Should we all anyway, dig in? Or are we giving so, our are we gonna say? Are we going to do like individual cookies like we usually do? I'm also okay just eating because I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. I could do both. So. <laughs> Um, about the Mets. Uh, so a lot has happened since the last time we talked about the Mets, because uh, we oh, haven't oh. talked about the Mets on this podcast in quite some time. Um, the Mets have signed four players in oh. addition to hiring a manager since the last time we talked about them. So and they've also been in a lockout is. for three weeks, which gives you a sense of how quickly all that stuff happened since we last talked about the Mets. Yeah. It, Although, yeah. can I just say that we're probably going to not have new episodes of the Cookie Club because of the lockout. Thanks, Manfred. Yeah, so this really. This is like basically the only Cookie Club that's out there right now. Uh, tell your friends. Yep. We're the only Cookie Club in town. In town now. Mm. <laughs> How many live? With so let's review the signings, <laughs> shall we? Because they happened in very short succession. So... They signed Eduardo Escobar to a two-year deal worth $20 million with a club option for 2024. They signed Mark Canha for two years for $26.5 million with a club option for 2024. He likes sandwiches, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's a foodie. And then they signed Starling Marte for four years and $78 million. And, of course, the cherry on top, they signed... Max Scherzer for three years, one hundred thirty million. The first who's that guy? He sounds good. Hmm. Yeah, I heard he's decent. Yeah, I've heard he's good. Uh, that, like I forget what that eye thing is called. He's got two different color eyes. Heterochromia. Yes, he's got heterochromia. I heard guy does that. Hmm. My dog. My cousins have a dog with that. It's a husky. Yeah, Scherzer yeah. also has dogs with it. On purpose, the Scherzers have dogs that have the same eyes as Scherzer, which is very cool. Um, shout out to the Scherzers. They're big in the, like, rescue community, I have heard. So they're big in, like, big donors to, you know, animal rescues and things like that, which is really cool. So that's awesome. Shout out to Max and Erica Scherzer for that. But um, I always appreciate the Mets signing somebody who is weird. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and in a largely benign way. Yeah. yeah, normally yeah. the type of beer that the <laughs> like, Mets are gravitated to is not what you want. No. <laughs> but yes, I am I am pro-weirdo in all contexts. Anyway, so the first three of those signings came 
in like very short succession on Black Friday, no less. Yeah, was it two? Was it Marte and Escobar on the same day? Or it was all you? three. It was all three. Yeah. Yeah. Escobar oh, it was. It was es- Marte was later in the day, I think. Yeah, yeah. they were all on first. the same day. Escobar yeah. came first, um, which is like. It, it, I mean, it was kind of, it reminds me of that. Um, and, you know, I know there's a lot of like crossover baseball wrestling fans that we are not the right podcast for that, but there are other <laughs> podcasts for that, including our own from Complex to Queens is one of them. But I do know there's like a meme with uh, one of the big wrestling guys, like God, I don't even know his name, which is going to be embarrassing for people <laughs> who know what they're talking about when it comes to wrestling. Cause I know he's like a big deal, but the, you know, the progression of him getting more and more excited that's what that Vince McMahon. That guy. It might have been Vince McMahon. Is it Vince McMahon? I know oh, who Vince McMahon yeah. is. Michael's gonna be very upset with you. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what all that's these a Michael look problem. Like. Yes, that is a Michael problem. I don't know what all these dudes look like, even if, even if I know their names. But anyway, so it's Vince McMahon. Yeah, I think it might be Vince McMahon. But he's like getting progressively man? more excited, and that's what it was like because yeah, Escobar you- came first, and it was just like, okay, like this is a pretty sandy, like Metsy sort of move like this is the type of thing they like jumped the market to get the like their in their like utility fourth infielder of choice and you know they did that and I was like this is fine and then they signed Mark Canhan it was like oh yeah that's a really good move that's probably a solid move for the Mets like cool they're they're working out they're filling in their their outfield that's great and then they signed Starling Marte and it was like all right now we're talking. Now we're now we're now, yeah, now we're, we're, building, we're, build, we're building up to something here. Now we're talking. Like the, the one of their biggest needs in the offseason, arguably the biggest need was center field, and they signed the best center fielder available. Cool, very exciting. And then it was like it, so those three happened in one day, and then the following Monday. So this was Black Friday when all those three happened, and Marte happened later in the day. The first two happened like Escobar first, and then Canha like less than an hour later. It was like in the afternoon, both. And then like evening was Starling Marte. And then there was like a whole weekend. And then on Monday is when the Scherzer thing happened. And I remember well, you say on Monday, it took like a day and a half. It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were all up Sunday night waiting. Yeah. Like, oh, I was. <laughs> Everybody was waiting. And I was like, no, he probably went to sleep to think on he it. Did. So I'm going to go to sleep too. I stayed up till 3 a.m. like a goddamn jabroni. And I, I, think was, I was up until like 1 30. And on a Sunday night, <laughs> I was most heartily owned. <laughs> like, I stayed I said solely. I was going to quit at 11, and I did stick it out to 11 30 and deeply regretted it. So, yeah, yeah I was, I was, I was doing I was doing grad work. So I just remember posting the gif of Boo from Monsters, Inc. as she falls asleep on Sally's bed after she giggles. So I just I feel like Scherzer was trolling everybody. He's like, I'm going to just let everybody simmer. He and, did. In the athletic article, they confirmed he went to bed. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it confirmed. Yeah, he literally, did. he went, went to bed. bed. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Like, I didn't realize like, that. Fast asleep, not a care in the world. Just like Anytime Mets fans and Mets Twitter and Mets reporters are all a tizzy. Losing yeah, their we're goddamn all freaking out. <laughs> because this like to set the stage of the drama here, it wasn't just like, oh, the Mets are in on Scherzer. They're pursuing mm-hmm. Scherzer. There was Kevin Gaussman alongside. So it was basically like the Mets were pursuing you know, the top tier of the pitching market, because other than center field, just knocked my microphone, other than center field, their biggest need was starting pitching. Um, And they needed at least one top tier starter. 
Um, and they were reported to be in on like the top tier starters, particularly Gaussman and Scherzer. And the Gaussman like rumors were earlier, like they started yeah. sooner so that they were connected to Gaussman. And then like those intensified to a pretty high level to the point where it was kind of like you thought that Gaussman, they might sign him. And then it and then Gaussman signed with and then like and then the Scherzer rumors started to heat up. And then it was like, oh, Steve Cohen really wants Max Scherzer. And then like Gaussman signed with the Blue Jays. So it got to the point where it was like, oh, they need to sign Scherzer. Or they're kind of screwed. And it then was like, John Gray signed that night. Yeah, and John was, Gray signed that there night was, too. There was a third name in there. I was like, okay, so these guys are there, are the backup plan if they don't sign Scherzer. And I was convinced that Scherzer was going to fall apart at the last minute. I would have been so upset. Well, basically, the athletics said he went to bed and like nothing changed when he woke up. And no. was like, all right, I'm just gonna sign. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I was, I was like, look, if I wake up and they didn't sign him, then I know they're not gonna sign him, and I can just like go about my day. And then it just kept like simmering. Yeah. And but they also set us up for failure for signing Murphy yes. so late. So I was like, well, if they signed him late, maybe sure they're all good. I know. Late. And I was the one that wrote up the Marte signing for Amazing Avenue because I was the only one awake. I was like, oh, <laughs> I got this. It was like 1230, I think, at night. Like, it was technically the next morning, I think. It was after midnight, I'm pretty sure. Not It was, yeah. Not too, too long after, but I think I published the article at like 1230. And so I was like, well, I'm awake. I guess I'll take this. I'm probably one of the only people awake for this, so... <laughs> I, I felt like I got rewarded for that. So I was like, well, I'll su- stay up for Scherzer. No one else will be awake besides me, the crazy person who always stays up late. And I was I like, I like, I like sat there and like read my book and I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'm going to finish my book. And if I finish my book and he still is inside, I, I'm going to bed. And it was 3am when I finished my book. And I was like, well, oh, well, <laughs> was it good? Owned. It was, yeah, it was good. What book was it? Oh, what book was I finishing at that point? Oh my goodness. I think it was Deacon King Kong by James McBride. So, and I'm reading it. That was the purple macron. What flavor was was it? It was good. I think it was like a raspberry jam, like fruity. It's okay. It's okay. You don't seem too enthused. I'm not, I'm not totally enthused about it. Cause I, I I mean, I'm, it sounds like it might be a little too sweet would be my guess. Oh, like a jammy sweet. raspberry something. Yeah, I can't I can't put my finger on what I I mean it's not bad. I shouldn't say it's bad, but it's not my favorite. Fair. So show us the show cookie? us the box so we can go on the next one. Oh. So I, there's green, there's yellow, there's beige, there's rose, which I think is actually rose, and then there's brown, which is obviously chocolate. So I would like rather rose or chocolate. I'm guessing the green one is either green tea or pistachio. pistachio. Yeah. I can't tell because usually the ones I've seen, pistachio like has some nuts in the cookie and I yeah. don't. Matcha has such a strong Let's smell see. though. Like if you sniff it, does it smell like green tea? Let's see. It does not. It smells like pistachio. That is the <laughs> well, that solves that. I was yeah. See, I was trying not to smell them. I kind of wanted to okay. it to be a surprise. I'll, like, I'll go for the pink one too. <laughs> thinking it's probably rose. But yes. it could be yeah. strawberry. It could be. Yes, it could be. I would vote for that one also. And yeah, I'm okay. going to go ahead and theorize that the yellow is mango. Okay. Or, or was, passion fruit. I'm going to theorize was, that it's lemon. Lemon. I, I was thinking okay. lemon too. But I'll do the I'll do the pink one first. Pink okay. one. Like, the beige is probably vanilla. I, would I think, think it's right? vanilla. I think the beige is probably vanilla. I think it's almond. 
Oh, 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 that makes sense. Wild card almond. All right, let's see. Um, What is it? It is. Okay. Strawberry. Yeah, and it's good. That's good. Excellent. Better than the raspberry. Yes. Excellent. Nice. Um. So with the with the Scherzer signing, it was very like and then just the next day it happened. And I think that everyone was I mean, everyone was really excited about it. But I think the difference between Scherzer and the other signings, other than like just the sheer like magnitude of it, like he's clearly the biggest star that they signed um, was just that with the others, it was like pretty it was either like with Escobar was either just like, yeah, this is fine. Like, it's hard to have a hot take about this. Or, uh, and Kanha was sort of similar to that. Um, or Marte was just like very obvious where like he was essentially the only option that filled their need. But with Scher- with Scherzer, it was like, there were other like players available. Like they chose not, basically in the end, they ch- they basically chose him over Gaussman. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, was that the right choice? Do we think? Well, let's, um, we have a, we actually have a Facebook question ooh. about that right now. Okay. Oh, um, cool. Her Brian, he said. So Brian from Jersey wants to know if y'all were Team Scherzer or Team Galsman. So that's like, oh yeah, yeah. were oh, we yeah. Team Perfect. Scherzer? I, Perfect segue. Yes, <laughs> I won't lie. I was Team Gaussman just because I worry about Scherzer's age, and I worry just about the Mets just generally being the Mets and having him get injured during the season. That's kind of like a, a, um, oh my god, I can't remember the phrase paranoia i guess talking but yeah that's why i was for gaussman over Scherzer. and yeah don't doubt for a second that the mets could injure gaussman too yeah yeah but i I feel like never underestimate them but i feel like them injuring Scherzer after he's been so good and so durable that would be like the bigger story to me He's been having back issues, but yeah. to me, Scherzer always seemed like it just seemed like a pipe dream. There was always the rumor that he wanted to stay on the West Coast. He yeah. wasn't going back to a National East team. Like it just it didn't seem And real. he debunked all that immediately. He did, yeah. yeah. Which was my favorite part of it. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think that. Oh, my favorite was when he said I'm not here to talk about the Dodgers. <laughs> so I mean, I always think of Scherzer as like a fairly like serious focused dude and so i just didn't think that he would want like the sideshow act yeah yes but you know but he's also the kind of player who can walk into a place and and change the atmosphere like that and i think that's really what happened um and like i mean i was always team scherzer because i feel like um you know i thought he would probably sign for two years i'm not mad that he signed for three by any means um and that's just a short enough deal that you can really like, you can, you can really take that risk. And, you know, if the last year, year and a half of that contract isn't so great, it's also coming at a time when they don't necessarily have a lot of other potential dead money on the books. It's sort of like staggered well, because Lindor, Lindor will still be at his peak. And I think Cano will be gone by then. So like, I feel like that's what the good teams do is they take these, they, they make these deals that they know the last year is potentially a wash. Um, and you just try to line it up so that you don't have those last years hitting all at the same time. Yeah. 
Well, so, yeah. It, just, it showed, you know, we talked about this, we, you know, ad nauseum last year that, you know, they didn't take money at the deadline. Like, right, Colin has never put his money where his mouth is. And now he did. Yeah. So he I did give big now, money to Lindor. I will give I him credit yeah, for that. But like, and it's just. But then they stopped. It was like another half measure. Like Lindor was good, but they needed to keep going. So now this off season, I think he showed he wasn't satisfied with just good or half measures. Like, and now he actually backed it up that the Mets will outbid anybody because I think yeah I think the Angels I think tried for sure so it was like hey Allison was it you it was like it's so fun being on the other side of we tried like yes I think the Marlins did it for Marte the Marlins like, did do yes. it for Marte yes. <laughs> like now like we're we're the benefits of that which is fun and <laughs> I, it's nice to see that Cohen kind of in hindsight, and this is totally a hindsight thing, kind of took that year, sort of made that one big move, but also I guess he had to weather a lot of, of nonsense too with with Porter and with Zach Scott. But it was like a get to know the team period before, hey, making all these big moves, investing in an analytics team, investing in improving the stadium. So he's he's doing a lot of things and I hope we can see it come to fruition in spring 2022 because the lockout. Yeah. Well, they also talked about like I was like, oh, because of the house. COVID, but like, no, it's, that one's the lockout. There's, yeah. there's so there's many different things, things that going are garbage on right now. That could derail. But they also talked about, you know, they needed clubhouse guys and leaders. Yeah. And I think there's no doubt now that they actually have that. Um, yeah. like you said, Scherzer just completely changed, like his presence alone just completely changed. It's like Jake will never be that guy. Like Jake just quietly goes about his business and that's that. But Scherzer could be that guy that he's a loud mouse, but yeah. in like a good way. Allison, I think I, it was you that was like, he'll shuff he'll stuff McNeil in the locker. He doesn't like listen. <laughs> I think I did say something like that. I <laughs> I, um, I was team, I think I was team Scherzer in the end. I, I, I would have been happy with either of them. In fact, I was yeah. like, why not both, you know, yes. <laughs> like, and they did try for both. They Boston did. took the lesser deal. They did try for both. Um, yeah. so that was, that was really encouraging to me. Cause I think the Mets would have had a really damn good rotation if they had gotten both. Um, but if I had to pick one or the other, I think, it's close. Like I would have been very happy with either one. Don't get me wrong, especially because Gaussman's like in his prime. Um, but I think I would give the slight edge to Scherzer um, because to me, it's like one of those situations where it's like when you have a three-time Cy Young award winner, who's a free agent, you kind of, and you, you have a need in starting pitching, you kind of just have to do it. Like whatever it takes, you get that guy on your team. Like it just is like, it's, it's a necessity. Um, and like like Linda was saying, you you have a guy in Max Scherzer who during this time of the lockout is one of the highest ranking people in the union, um, in the players union on the player side. Um, and I think that sets a really good example. And he said during his press conference, he talked about the lockout and how we just want a more competitive environment and stuff like that. And he was really well spoken on the whole issue and just having a guy like that, especially with the departure of Conforto, who was the previous player rep 
um, for the union on the Mets. Um, having a guy like that on the team, I think, means a lot. Um, just you know, and the fact that he took this this monster deal, he he said like, I'm not. This isn't just for me. It's for everybody who comes after me. I like he had to go with the highest the highest bidder, not just for himself, but to set, to set an example. And every it trickles down like everybody under him now benefits from that. Um, and he said during the the press presser too, like this isn't just my doing like everybody that came before helped, helped me get this deal, helped me get this money. So I have to pay it forward too. And I thought that was really, really huge. Um, when he said that, and he also talked about like when they asked him a lot about like, Oh, what, how do you think about playing in New York and all that stuff? The questions they always ask, like, can you handle New York? Um, he said like the, he said something like the pressure is not like a deterrent. It's a privilege. Um, and I thought that that was really, really well said, <laughs> too. Well, so, speaking of Conforto, like everybody said, like he was the leader because he was just there longest, and um, the team underachieved. Like if he's your leader, so I know we all love Conforto and everything, but he just didn't seem like the guy that could motivate the team. Keep them on he never track. really tried to take on that role though, because he was no, also he one of the youngest. He was also yeah. one of the youngest, one of the younger guys on the team. And you know, I mean, I, I, he was the player rep, but you know, and and he answered a lot of post-game questions, but like he was never a guy who was like, Yes, this is my role. And it and I mean, I don't think it like it wasn't really a natural fit for him no. to have that role anyway. And I like Conforto a lot. And for that yeah. matter, like if they still wanted to go out and sign him, like they, they I, I would be like a okay with that. Like yeah. give me give me Nimo, Marte, um, Conforto in any outfield. Like, yes, please, thumbs up. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think that just that's not who he is. And I mean, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But they needed that one guy. They need a, a who's yeah. They do need they need that guy who kind of takes that. I mean, I, they have to be like kind of step into what David Wright did. That's, that's yeah. They've been lacking. That's that. they've been lacking that. Yeah. I mean, I think in the longer term, you know, and there was a lot of conversation about this when he first came to the Mets and we signed. But like, I do think Lindor is that kind of a guy is a kind of that kind of a person that kind of a yes. player but i think he's also 27 years old and was starting in a like brand new high pressure city and that is a lot, a lot to like be and processing and also stepping into that role and i think this is actually a really nice arrangement because you know Scherzer's going to be the de facto leader of that clubhouse for the time that he's here and in that period of time also like Lindor can settle into himself a little, like find his own voice and, you know, or any other number of Mets could step forward and take over that role too. Like I think in terms of giving a lot of the interesting and powerful young personalities in the clubhouse, like a model, that's a pretty good one to go with. You know who I think could have helped with that? Canal. Yeah, they were missing Cano, and in 2019, when he was there, they went on a run. And I think, you know, they did say he was great in the call. Like he helped Pete in the home run derby. Like Pete went to him for advice. Like 
And I think he was very willing to get it. And, I know he and, and Ahmed Rosario were really close. Yeah, he yeah. was a great mentor to Ahmed. And so I think he was another one that, you know, for his through his own fault, they were missing. But he did he did have that leader. I mean, whatever he did off the field, on the field, whatever. I don't know but, if he's gonna have the same cachet after yeah. kind of what like I I I I'm not like privy to those conversations. And that may be a part of clubhouse culture that I'm just not as like savvy to, but I just get the vibe that that's the kind of thing that will lose you respect Mm -hmm. from other players is like, is like, not just, not just doing it, but doing it like multiple times. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it just, I don't know. I know know now it's probably gone, but last year he probably could have helped. In that yeah. Regard. Yeah. I know that no, he and Starling Marte. I know that Cano and Starling Marte talked when Starling Marte signed, but they also have that particular yes, uh, thing, thing in common. common. Uh, but you know, Marte Sandy is- Alderson also has a type. Yeah, <laughs> has like many types. But Marte has not been. Popular. Although granted, Cano is not one of his. I yeah. yeah. Cano's not I acknowledge that. But. And Marte um, was productive afterwards. Too. Oh yes, 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 yeah. absolutely. I have no misgivings about the Marte signing because of that. No. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so we have a question from Kate um, who wants to know, with the current spread of Omicron burning through sports leagues, do you think that vaccine mandates will be part of the CBA negotiations when they do come back to the table? Well, they Yikes. have to be. Yes. Like, yeah. Especially for the blue, you can't play in Canada without being vaccinated. So I do wish you could just like American call up Bradford right now because <laughs> he's the one who would have so much to say on this. Yeah. No, but I don't think, I, I don't see how they can avoid it as, yeah. as like, I, I mean, which is not to say that like, there definitely will or won't be vaccine mandates, but it's it's going to be it's I think be a, a point of huge bargaining chip on both sides. Yes, um, and I and I agree. Like I don't see how they how are you going to play the Blue Jays if you can't go to Canada? Like and you all just the Blue Jays have, to, have to be vaccinated. And I think there's I don't know. I mean, I think with what we're seeing in other sports leagues, like there may be some political will within MLB to get it done. I I don't know. I hope so. And the, the blue NHL can I, I mean, do it. I mean, and I think I think off the topic of the players, we're gonna have to watch out to see if fans are allowed in again. Like, just speaking from personal like personal experience right now, we're masking up again and canceling all our in-person programs. We've gone virtual again. 
just because the rise of of this we have in the district i think it's like 200 to 300 students across the district out right now because they have it or they've come into contact with someone and need to quarantine so i mean i i think i just don't think they're gonna do it i mean i don't think we're talking about political will i don't think that's yeah i don't think i think and they want money it's not like it just burns out quickly enough that yeah, yeah and we just we have no idea what this will look like come march april we don't know yeah um if there is and baseball's different because it's open air like arenas yeah you know you're they're all indoors and they're still letting people in but you mean yeah. msg right now you need facts and proof of vaccination um so i feel like that's probably just well and hopefully that would not- also cover cover baseball stadiums since there are you know indoor areas yeah you know i i don't know we'll see the we'll owners see are not gonna let them like close the fans out again yeah no, it, it, i don't think yeah there's i think there is a wide range of outcomes in terms of whether that's perfectly fine or an absolutely terrible idea right yeah, but, of course you know but um, it's something that was on my mind. We'll definitely find out. So everything that just happened, like, in the past two days. And, I mean, talking about the Blue Jays, we already know that the Blue Jays are, like, kind of, you know, getting rid of their unvaxxed players because they have to. Like, yep. <laughs> our good old yeah. friend Stephen Matz <laughs> is not with the Blue Jays Aww. because of a certain thing. Um, and, you know, I think that Robbie Ray is in the same boat. And, you know, it's, it is affecting roster formation. And I think it is affecting the decisions that the Mets are making too. Well, one of them and the Mets were one of the teams that never hit 85%. They were, but I think that that was to Sandy Alderson's chagrin to be. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, anybody who actually cares about the quality of the game, I mean, it it should be in favor of vaccination. Yeah. Like, like Alderson just as like a businessman is like, is like, why would I not want my assets to be able to serve their purpose for me? Like that's, right. you know, yeah, they can't do their job if they're in quarantine. Like that's basically what the NHL did. They have a grand total of five players not vaccinated in the entire league. Five. Wow. So, and one player said they made it really hard on us. Like they basically, because they need to make sure their players can play in Canada. Like you don't want to play man down because you had to leave this moron back in the United States because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, there's going to be a lot of like phantom (laughs) COVID IL things going on when teams travel to Canada. Like all of a sudden the Yankees are in a road trip to Toronto. Like, Oh, five guys are suddenly on the COVID IL. It's it. That's what's going to start. That's what's going to happen. If there's not a unless the Yankees make it tough on them saying we can't play short, either get vaxxed or. And I I think I thought the Yankees were one of the ones that met the 85. Well, they did. did. Yeah. But, you know, that just because you're at 85. That's not going to say the same this year. Yeah. Yeah. But and I, I was still just like, I mean, if you think if, if you're thinking of a 26 man roster, I mean, yeah. that's still several players not available. Right. Yeah. I thought yeah, I could do you really want to leave like Aaron Judge behind. Aaron Judge wasn't vaxxed, which we saw. Like, 
do you want to lose a series to the Blue Jays, your closest, who are good now? They were fighting for a wild card last year. Do you want to play without Aaron Judge in Toronto? Yep. Oh, boy. Um, but lots, oh. lots, lots, of, lots of moving parts here that we won't know. It might still not matter because of the lockout. Yeah. I, I, brought, up, I brought up Steven Matz, and I want to circle back to that really fast because – it's it, I would like to thank Steven Matz's agent yes. for making all of this possible because it's it's he's seemed, a real actually no he's gonna get the he's gonna Best get the rebound ever. <laughs> it seems like Steve Cohen rage spent because he got spurned by Steven Matz. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. If the Mets win the World Series, give the MVP to Steven Matz's agent. <laughs> Like we almost had Stephen Matz, but we got Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, instead. yeah. Literally, like, what's Max the NFC world are we living in? <laughs> all I can say about the other, like, to wrap up the Max Scherzer like discourse, all I have to say is I'm very much looking forward to wearing my Max a Max Scherzer T-shirt to every single Mets Nats game at Nats Park. I cannot wait. I am going to parade around in that thing with like. <laughs> arrow above my head oh it's gonna be great i cannot wait for it i i've never been more chuffed <laughs> <laughs> love that word um excellent so, use of that word yes um i might invest in a or y'all are gonna hate me for this a black shirts or jersey I am. I, I also have my eye on the black shirts or jersey i yes! also have my eye on my bank account and yeah. Um, if and there's MLB. anybody who wants selling to that stuff yet. like $130. But um, yeah, no, but, it's, but I, it is absolutely on my wish list. The, mm. they, they posted that, that the Mets account posted that, I think it was the Mets account, posted the photo of him in the black jersey. So it's like, okay, now I'm into this. Now I'm into this. It's a good luck. It is. Makes him um, look scarier too. Which is awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. So scary. Um, so in addition to the player moves that the Mets have made, they also have announced their new manager who just had his press conference today. Buck Walter is the manager, the new manager of the New York Mets. Um, out of the three finalists, there was, there was Buck Walter, who they ultimately, ultimately hired Joe Espada and Matt Quartero, Quartero. <laughs> I always forget how many R's there are in, in, in I, that guy's name. Not Van Wagenen, but I'm glad we don't have to say it. Like 10 times a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it would have just been cute. And then that would have invited all sorts of discourse. But I have a feeling. But um, yeah, so the those were the three finalists. And um, Billy Epler talked about how, you know, they made it really hard for them to make a decision. But I think that Buck Walter was the de facto favorite from the beginning. Um, and the Mets ultimately hired him. Um, it seemed well, the two me- Max Scherzer wanted, right? Yes. Yeah. But 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 Steve Cohen or was it Steve Cohen or Billy Epler? I can't remember who made it very clear that like they didn't <laughs> consult with Max Scherzer on the hire yeah. because like, you know, that would be against the lockout. They can't be doing anyway. Who knows? <laughs> um, who knows how much effect that had, if any. Um, it seems it like. Hurts. It seems like the Mets fandom sort of immediately has split into like two camps. Basically, there's like the we love Buck, we love this hire because they love his like 
the fact that he's a veteran manager, the fact that he yeah. has experience. So this, this team needs a shorthand. They need an experienced manager. Buck is the guy. And then like, on the other hand, you have the fans who immediately hated this hire because they're like, he's an old stubborn man. Who's going to be resistant to analytics. He's going to not listen to the front office's input on things. And so I just, um, I don't know. I don't know how, where you guys fall on that spectrum, but I, I think that both those sides are sort of lacking the, the nuance that this yes. sort of deserves in my opinion. But I think I also saw a lot of people angry because I think it was the wild card decision he made. And yeah. I thought he oh, yeah. made that, did, wasn't that an extra innings? Um, I'm recalling that. I don't know if that's correct. I feel like that was an extra innings though. So... I'm happy from an experience standpoint. I was like, okay, they need to get someone with some experience. They can't just have someone random who has never managed before. We've kind of seen Mickey Calloway and Louis Rojas, but I, and I, I feel for Louis Rojas a little more because he stepped into it in the middle of a pandemic. He was thrown in the fire in completely ridiculous unheard of circumstances so it was extra uh, things by the way okay i thought so um so i that like that extra inning thing like i don't weigh that too much against him because a extra innings so and kind of anything goes then um chaos reigns chaos reigns exactly in terms of experience though i wanted someone with experience and that from from that standpoint, I'm a happy woman. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I just geared myself up for it because I just assumed they would hire him. So I just I knew it was going to happen. So I made my peace with it. Um, so I think it's like the definition of fine. Um, yeah. I just didn't want Osmus. Uh, because my boss is I a was tiger sure staff. they were hiring Osmus, and I was like, oh my God. I've heard horror stories of Osmus. <laughs> like, he had Scherzer, he had Price, he had Verlander, all on the same team. He had Prime Miguel Cabrera, and he could not win with that team. Like, and he couldn't win with literal Mike Trout either. Like, he's had the peak. Like, he's had some great players. He's at the top of the top, basically. And couldn't do anything with them. And um, my boss, like, just when I when I texted her, when I saw the rumor um, that they were thinking of Osmus, she just sent back a dumpster fire. Like, that was her response. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, 2014, any seventh. She goes, watch any game from 2014, the seventh inning on, and you'll see what I'm talking about. You can pick any game. Um so, and then even Scherzer said he wanted Showalter, and Osmus was his former manager. It's, it's like, true. He's not oh, even it's... supporting Osmus. Then you know something's not right there. Um, so, and like you said, they weren't going to go with a third, four, fourth straight rookie manager because we're leaving out Carlos Beltran. Uh, <laughs> so they weren't going to hire Never yet. lost a single game. No. Nope. Nope. Never won a single game either. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't going to hire yet another rookie manager. Yeah. Um, it just, it just wasn't going to happen. Nor should it have, should it have happened? Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm, I, I'm sort of, I mean, I'm a similar mind of Linda is like, it's fine. Um, yeah. You know, I, 
Now, do I reserve the right to change my tone on that fine um, when he bunts like four times in a row um, in a, a game where that's a terrible idea, which is almost all of them? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I reserve the right to deeply change my feelings on that. But like, I think every manager is going to make the choices that make you crazy. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of big feels in that clubhouse and they do need somebody who at the very least believes that they can help keep that running smoothly. Like, I mean, Showalter's no stranger to big feels in the clubhouse. Yes, like, exactly. You know, yeah, he, he's certainly... I mean, he has he has a, an impeccable reputation as a clubhouse leader, if yes. nothing else. Um, like as far as him as an in-game tactician, I think that like like Maggie said, every MLB manager has his flaws. There is no like really superb tacticians out there like to pick from. Um, but I think that the advantage of Show Walter over the others is that at least when he makes mistakes, they are relatively known quantities. Um, as opposed to these other guys who we don't really know what they would be doing. And like, then those mistakes become uh, our unknown quantities. It's kind of like they might screw up in new and new and special ways. <laughs> Whereas Showalter, we kind of know like what, what, like he has enough of a body of work at this point that we kind of know the types of things that he's inclined to do. Um, as far as like, and I mean, I know I, I would have been happy no matter which of these three that they hired, honestly, I think they, they would have been good. I think that, I think that, um, I can't remember if Billy Epler said that he thinks that, um, Espada and Quartero are going to be, are going to be managers within the next couple of years anyway. And I think he's, I don't think he's wrong about that. I think that these were like, you know, well-regarded names. Um, they come from analytically minded organizations. Um, they serve under well-respected managers, um, so I think those would have been good choices, but I'm happy with Buck Walter. If, if nothing else for his clubhouse leadership that he's really well known for every single player that you talk to, including Zach Britton, who was the one who was spurned in that decision that he made in the 2016 AL wildcard game to not go to his shutdown closer at a 0.54 yeah. ERA or something like that. Um, you know, it, he said he would play for Buck Showalter again and he forgives him for the choice. So if the, the pitcher himself forgives Buck Showalter for the yeah. choice, I think that the rest of us can. Um, and Manny Machado, Adam Jones, you name it. Every every player that has ever played for Buck Showalter has had nothing but amazing things to say about I him. mean, I just, I just remember, I think it was 2015. Eating and, the salted caramel cookie, by the way. And Papelbon, Papel crap, Ugh. I think had had... Bean, no, not beaned him. He, he'd hit him. It was a hit by pitch. And Machado just went down the line, but Buck Showalter was out there immediately. A, well, not really stopping Machado, because Machado was pretty calm. He was just glaring at the asshole for a few minutes. But, I mean, Showalter was out there immediately just by his player. So that, that was an image that stuck with me. So I, I think... I'm looking forward to that from a clubhouse standpoint, but I, I'm with Linda and Maggie and that it's fine. I will also have more feelings about it when the lockout ends. Well, what they have to do that's, also is fire him because every team wins after he gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> the Diamondbacks, the Yankees. Oh my uh, god. I think that's bad luck. Next year, but after they fire him, they'll win. <laughs> I think that's bad luck. I mean Mariano Rivera was not Mariano Rivera yet. 
when he was when Showalter was managing him. There was a lot, like you know. Yeah, and showing him Johnson probably helped too in two thousand. That said, he's gotten to the World Series every ten years since. Was it ninety four or was it two thousand four? Is but anyway, he's complaining about how he's like a career five hundred manager, and I would take baseball's a career five hundred sport. Like he's under five hundred lifetime. Like that's the whole thing. Like uh, the past what? Three, okay, let me think. Louis Rojas, Mickey Calloway, Terry Collins, all under 500. So I'll take an at 500 guy. You could do, yeah. So there's an improvement there. I'm really curious to see who he ends up with as a a bench coach, because I think that's going to say a lot about um, the direction that he and the team are looking to go. Um, You know, I don't see him as being one of the crotchety old guys that is like, spitefully so like i don't Tony think he's LaRusa. like yeah i don't think he's like actively and like violently opposed to old man any, yelling at cloud like yeah exactly and so I, I i wouldn't be surprised if they do go for someone who's a little bit of a different feel for the bench coach i think that could be really a good balance um so that i i and i think like the coaching staff in general because i think it's just hefner who's back yes so, and he did praise Hefner today too. So it's not like I mean, yeah. I mean it seems like everybody say, loves Hef. So I love Hefner. I like he yeah. did. He did a great job. So I think he was the one that, if any of them deserved to keep their job, it was him. Absolutely. Um, there's there's just two things that I'll say about Buck Walter that I think are important um, to talk about. Um, that you know mark my memory of him in Baltimore more than, or like, you know, color my opinion of him more, even more than like that AL wildcard decision, for example, which is like mm-hmm. the thing that kind of defines his Baltimore legacy to like, I guess a lot of wider baseball fans that aren't Orioles fans. Um, and I will, I will plug my own piece for a second here, but I've got like a couple of like, I've got some content coming out for Amazing Avenue, my own piece that I'm going to write, like an editorial style piece of like show Walter, where I'm going to talk about some of this stuff in greater detail. And then I also did a Q and a with Camden chat about Buck Walter and his time in Baltimore and what to expect from him and things like that. And, uh, and Mark Brown, bless him, gave really detailed, awesome answers to the questions that I had about um, him. So look out for those. But um, in the meantime, I'll say there are kind of two things. Um, the first thing was how the Orioles as a whole organization, but also Buck Walter handled the aftermath of the Freddie Gray uprising, um, which I tweeted about and ended up being like my most viral tweet ever. Um, but uh, I tweeted the video that show of the of show Walter's post-game press conference after the no fans game in 2015 after the Freddie Gray uprising in Baltimore um which at the time a no fans game was very unprecedented in baseball weird to look back on that now and think about how you know there was a whole season with no fans um but back then you know that was the first time it had ever really happened um and in the aftermath of the press conference um, you know, a guy asked Showalter, and this was not a guy, a, a press guy. This was a guy who just like lives in Baltimore, lives in the neighborhood, um, asked Showalter, like, you know, what advice would you have for young black men in the neighborhood? Because this is like really shaking our city and you're really well regarded and revered in this city. Like what advice would you have? And I thought he gave like one of the best answers I've ever heard to a question like that, where he basically said, like, I don't 
I don't know what it's like to be black in America. I don't have your lived experience. Like he basically like every other like old white man characterization would have been like, well, I think we should just buck up and get. I'm glad you asked me that. Pull pull yourselves up by your boots. Yeah, like I was expecting like that sort of old man answer, like a you know unity and like you know we need to come together as a city and like a lot of like platitudes. And he was not giving that. He was just like you know this this breaks my heart and I I don't have a good answer because I don't know what it's like to be you. Um, and I thought that that was like really good. Um, and that really made an impression on me. And it's something that I, as someone who was a Baltimore resident at the time, I'll never forget that. Um, and the other thing that really like leaves a lasting impression on me about the kind of guy that Buckshaw Walter is, is Kat O'Brien who wrote about, you know, the persistent and pervasive sexual harassment in the sport. Buckshaw Walters was one of five non-media people to reach out to her one of five people to reach out to her and all of baseball about it um and I think that that speaks a lot to who he is um as someone who cares about this stuff and like you know given the string of people that the Mets have had involved in mm-hmm. the first for the yeah. Mets and their track record with sexual harassment having a guy who actually like seems to care about being an ally in this area non-zero chance that Sandy Alderson googled what MLB manager doesn't do sexual harassment? Yes, <laughs> I, like, honestly, you know? He, and, and he also Googled Buckshaw Walter sexual harassment to see if there was any results. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, the fact that he actually, like, demonstrated that he cared about this issue is is something that, and I mean, like, again, there are a lot of worst kept secrets in baseball, right? There could be something that comes out tomorrow that makes me, that invalidates literally everything I'm saying right now. I do not deny that that is always a possibility, sadly enough. But like from, from that standpoint, even though like for when it comes to managers, like I know that the on-field stuff and the tactician stuff should matter a lot more, but this stuff matters to me too. The fact that he's like yeah. a good human being and I, a leader of baseball players should also be a leader of men. And I think that Buckshaw Walter is that guy at least. So that's, that's my Buckshaw Walter soapbox. I shall step down now. <laughs> so caution. I think that his wife today with That was such a sweet, I uh, see. I didn't get a chance to watch the press conference yet. I was at work. But I was in a meeting during it, but I watched the whole thing afterwards. Well, then he's like, somebody like asked, uh, was it Epler? Like, or is he a 10 out of 10? And then his closing remark, Buck Walter said, no, the only 10 is right here. And he was talking about his wife. I was like, oh. <laughs> he's very good with the press. Yeah. That's one thing he is. Which is something optimistic. you do need in yeah. New York City. Yeah. And it was something, you know, I... I like Luis Rojas, and I think in a few years we may, you know, wish we had him back. But um, and he was fine when he himself was talking to the press. But he had some young players who needed a lot of help in that regard. Yeah, and he did not give it to them. Yeah, or if he tried to, they rebuffed him, and that's also bad. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, again, I think part of that is his, his inexperience and him trying to, to find his own way around the New York media. Yeah. So who are great. And like, I, I say that, you know, as I guess, do we count as New York media? Oh. I don't know. No, I count like, as New Jersey media. I'm not there. putting that stink on myself. No. <laughs> but and I mean, and also like there are some Mets media folks who we know and love, but like in general, it is, 
it's a freaking madhouse over here. Like it's yeah, the, the, the tabloid like culture and it's just, there's it's too bonkers. many of them. Yeah. That's just, that's yeah. Just, just there are too many of them and a bunch of them just really want a story and don't particularly care which way they go about doing that. Yeah. So for where's Dave Jows? What's he up to? <laughs> drinking coffee, I'm sure. Probably. Where are you? Um but cautious optimism in regards to show show alter. Yeah. I think. Could have been worse. Well, that's also, I feel like we get to mark another little number in our like days since the Mets were a national embarrassment. Yes. It's true. (laughs) The counter's going up. Because I was waiting waiting to find out like, okay, how how is this going to be embarrassing? They haven't embarrassed themselves in a long time. It's difficult during a lockout, but like, I was sure that they would find a way, but. I mean, I I think it's it's a silver, I don't want to say a silver lining of the, of the lockout, but it's interesting that they can just focus totally on the coaching staff and kind of really make those decisions without having to worry about player signings as well. So I don't, again, don't want to call it a silver lining because everything, the whole thing is just bad, but it's funny. But they needed some time. Yeah, they needed time. It's funny because the Mets are even more in the spotlight than they usually are. Cause like we yeah. talked we talked about the New York media and how this team is like overcovered, sort of. Uh, but like it's even more so now because during the lockout, the Mets are basically the only news because they're filling their managerial vacancy. And so it was like yep. now they've done that. And so now that that was the only like news in town. And so now <laughs> I feel like there's gonna be like national coverage of the Mets like damn like coaching staff, which is gonna be really weird. But it like there's nothing else to talk about. Um, but yeah, we kind of got lucky in that regard. Like, what were other teams doing? Like, they must be bored. Like, at least we yeah. have something to like. The A's hired Mark Mark made... Kot- Kotze or yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the I was like, I was thinking about because Maggie mentioned the like days since we were an embarrassment counter, and I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, when's the last time we actually ticked that down to zero? And I thought it was when Steve Cohen made that tweet after the Stephen Matz thing, because that was pretty embarrassing. Um, about the like the basically the like 2004 aim away message ass like tweet where he was like, I get promises don't matter. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. I, I you know, I realized that in retrospect. It was not so bad given what followed. It's true. I still think we count as being a national embarrassment that day. That I was really definitely the day. But I realized that we did put the counter back down to zero once after that because Zach Scott got COVID. And that's the reason that he <gasps> that the, 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 the <laughs> Wait, uh, that his verdict was delayed. You guys didn't know that? Yes, I, I didn't that, know yeah. that, but I forgot. You just I forgot to. There was supposed to be a verdict in Zach Scott's drunk driving case, but oh it got delayed God. because of freaking like- COVID. All of this is terrible. Like it's terrible. I, to, See, like, I, I had no idea about this. Well, I was I was probably so grad schooled and work and because I haven't. I'm finally. I'm done with. I'm done with my first semester, so I can actually finally like read stuff again and read what I want and read about the Mets without being stressed out by other things. So I just learned something. That is today. indeed a thing no, that happens. Of 
But I don't like so it's it's debatable whether that counts as turning the counter back to zero because Zach Scott is no longer with the organization, but he is associated with the Mets and he did per- do the drunk driving when he was while he Mets. was with them. If so the headline said ex Mets GM, it counts. It counts. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's actually the last time the counter went to zero, but that's still pretty good. It's a pretty good moving streak. in the right direction. Yeah. Pretty good streak. Hopefully that's the last one now. Yeah. It, um, it, not. Not your head's not made of wood, Linda. This okay, is. Wait. Yes. Um, oh yeah, next flavor. Um, I vote for the yellow one because I, I was gonna to say yellow. yellow too. I was also gonna say yellow. Okay, yellow, 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 lemon, lemon, mango, passion fruit, lemon, yeah, lemon. Strawberry and lemon. I'm two for two. Um, we but, can eat the strawberry and lemon together. And make strawberry yeah, that'd be tasty. Mm. These are too rich to eat together. Um, yeah, they kind of are. Um, so, but savored. going back to my point about Book Show Walter and being good on sexual harassment, uh, you know, sexual harassment continues to be a problem that is pervasive throughout the sport. And um, so yeah, Kellyanne's already Kelly putting Ann. her head down. She, <laughs> it's the sexual, it's the sexual assault uh, section of the podcast that we have to have all the time, seemingly because this is the world we live in. Um, live in a hell place. But yeah, there was there was a pretty like I don't know. I think it's fair to call it a bombshell of sorts, even though no one paid attention to it. But I thought it was pretty significant. Um, there was a rather significant report from the Washington Post recently um, that allegations of sexual assault against Yasiel Puig um, were kept hidden for years, um, like at, like years. MLB learned of these allegations from two women um, in 2017 and did not place him on administrative leave during their investigation of these incidents. And he was allowed to keep playing. So he just kept playing baseball. And this was during like Puig's like prime of his career, basically. He was playing the whole time, even though there were these two allegations against him from two women, he settled them confidentially, um, you know, and no one found out about it until there was a third woman who, and that's the recent one that people know about. So there, there was a more recent one that people know about. And that's the one that like became public um, because those settlement um you know negotiations like fell apart and so she went like public with it and so that's how we learned of these other ones because like those kind of kind of emerged in this reporting when we were when they were looking into this other sexual assault allegation against him um so yeah that's not good the league just like decided eh, I'm just gonna let him keep playing and it left him free to assault more women too a lot clearly like yep. yeah. That concerns me, not just because of him, but it also concerns me because how many other players are they doing? Yes, that, for? that yeah. is the correct. Exactly. Answer. That is the correct question to be asking. Yeah, is not exactly. if there are more, but how many and who? Who they yeah. are? And maybe yeah, if you're a star, like since he was playing well, did he get different treatment than like if he was a bench player, or was it the Dodgers organization? Because we are know there they prior reports Trevor Bauer? Has MLB been sitting on those for some number of years? Like, dude, like if he played on like 
the Rockies, would they have investigated harder than if he played on the Dodgers? Because it seems like the Dodgers seem to keep having these issues that keep popping up. And yeah. Well, they were the team with the crimes list, right? Yeah, yeah crimes.xlsx. And they had Kapler. Uh, he covered up an assault for them, yes, too. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Kapler played a role in covering up an assault. Uh, and the perpetrator of that assault is an active player still. Um, so, but on, on the part of Puig worth noting, so this wasn't, this was by far not the most important part of this article. Like, obviously there was like, you know, testimony from the women and their lawyers. Um, there's another like major trigger warning article. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into any detail. I'm just like warning anybody who's like, I should like, yeah, you should, but also like be ready. Brace yourself. We'll link the article. Don't read it at work. No. Yeah, don't read it work. We'll link the article in the show notes and the tweets and stuff. And I'm not going to go into detail about what these allegations entail and what he did. Um, but those that's all there for you to read if you feel up to it. Um, but what I will note in this article, even though it's not the most important part of it, but it's something that stuck out to me, was that um, Trevor Bauer's film company, Momentum, produced an online video series called La Vida de Puig um, that covered him like signing with Rachel Luba, who is obviously... Trevor Bauer's agent um, and also was Puig's agent up until like very recently. Actually, he he like he parted ways with her in like November, like just like a couple months ago. And then he just recently signed a deal to play in the KBO, like right after he like he and she parted ways. But anyway, she was his agent. South Korea also famously um, lenient on sexual assaults. Yeah. Um, So Trevor Bauer's like film company, like filmed this series that was like this like weird, like redemption arc film series and like one of them was called like called Puig the most misunderstood player in baseball and it was like about him like it was like all these like videos of his like day-to-day life and trying to like redeem him and make him like seem cool and like oh, oh Puig your friend like that whole thing um well I'll, like I will say right now I liked Puig a lot oh I, yeah I, I did too his like personality as a player and I thought he was like really like got, you know, the shitty end of the stick from a lot of the coverage and like, whew, was I wrong? He's a friggin' psychopath. Yep. I mean, get and him, I think that, sight, I, get him out of baseball, all baseball. Yeah. What the hell? And MLB, yeah. like, I might've known that earlier if MLB hadn't been incredibly unethical about it. Yep. Um, I mean, and I feel like we st- saw some of that i mean his personnel was great but as he got deeper into his career though the personality kind of kind of splintered apart in 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 subtle ways um at at least to me um because i liked him in the beginning and then i was just like okay the antics are a little much on the field so yeah that's there were there to me were signs of not obviously not what happened but signs of him not being altogether i don't know the personality was starting to affect him negatively um, that makes sense worth noting that bowers people of course deny that bauer was involved in this film or like anything like that they say that. that they say that Puig's um, Puig's manager independently approached Momentum, but of course 
as we all know, this is a club and these people protect each other and they will keep doing that every time. Well, and that's the part that got me too. It said like Rachel Luba declined comment. It's like she talks about she everything. She took credit for Max Scherzer signing. Oh my God. And, but that was when it so comes ridiculous. to sexual assault, she Wait, has. Yes, did you know Rachel Luba invented short? Oh yeah, Kelly, you didn't hear about that. Value? Yeah, Again, she, grad school. I haven't. What? She okay, tweeted. I, she she made a tweet that was like, like basically I'm so saying glad that I'm blocked like, by her. Basically saying that Scherzer had Bauer to thank because he set the precedent for like the high AAV short term. Oh, give deal, me a which is not even true. <laughs> no, not even true. Also, yeah, Max Scherzer is a thirty-seven-year-old who's signing an eight contract. Like uh, a three-time Cy Young Award, but. I'm sure like, he's very grateful to you, Rachel. Oh, yeah, just had to see here, I think, everybody. Um, <sighs> but, like, it, and Max Scherzer is got the short-term deal because he is 37, or however. Yeah, he's not signing an eight-year deal. Like, he's, no. like, Bauer got, like, he got this a similar deal when he's supposedly in the prime of his career. He got it because he's volatile. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody trusts that he's actually good. So, yeah. right. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's a thing. But like, yeah, so the the uh, other like other point made in this article or like item from this article is that Puig uh, against the latest accuser, um, the one that went public, Puig filed a counterclaim against this abuser to recoup lost salary from like all his legal fees and stuff like that. He claims that he would have been that teams. Basically, he thinks that he's being blackballed from baseball and that he had to go to Korea because of these accusations, which are all false because I'm like, none of these are true. I didn't do any of this stuff. Um, and so he thinks that he is entitled to lost salary because teams avoided signing him, which he's not I'm playing the world's <laughs> tiniest violin. Uh, and he also complained that he's out of money because he has had to play, pay all his lawyer fees. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the situation. But it was like, you know, to me, it was less about like, obviously we already knew about the one public thing from Puig and like, obviously it's, 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 it's the reason that this report is like kind of earth shattering is not about Puig. It's about the fact that MLB the cover up. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and what else are they covering up? Like, is this surprising? Not really, but it's, it's just one more like drop in the giant bucket of like MLB clearly is wholly incapable of handling any sort of and not interested in and not interested in doing so. So I mean, we have the discourse of like people voting for Schilling, voting for Viscal right now. Yeah, this comes in the midst of Hall of Fame voting when people are willingly checking boxes next to abusers and just like not giving a shit at all. Um, Well, and that's why like Sandy Alderson's comments in May didn't get him into any real trouble. You know, when he was basically like, I mean, really as close to literally saying like, who cares? It's not that big a deal. It's because those comments aren't the exception in MLB. No. And it's sad that's, that's that I the have mentality. To, it's sad that I have to sit here and get excited about a manager who like does the bare minimum of caring. But like that's where I'm at. I'm like, oh hell yeah. A guy who like actually called a woman who talked about sexual abuse in baseball and was like, I support you. Like, 
wow, what a star. Like that's the bar. That's the bar. It's sad. And it's in the basement. Yeah. It's not even the floor. It's in Hades. (laughs) (laughs) Literally the depths of Hades. Um, Anyway. So speaking of the depths of Hades. I do want to make a pitch for when you are making your ginger cookies, you want to put oh. a little black pepper in there. Oh, Ooh, not really? a lot, but you want to get that little prickly just a bit, just about yeah. a, I think you know, it's a big batch. And it takes about a half a teaspoon. Okay. I was oh. going to say like a literal pincher. No, no. Like I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just do like Okay. I've I've made them a lot, but (laughs) a fair number of cracks. So that's where you want to get your heat coming from instead of the fiery tongues of hellfire um, (laughs) for all the horrible things that you could do in Hades. That's my suggestion. Get a little black pepper in your ginger cookies. Um, But anyway, as we finish up our cookies, we will finish up the show like we always do with walk off wins where each of us talks about something that's making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, I think I know what your walk-off win is, so we'll start with you. Okay, wait, before that, final cookie. Um, go with chocolate. the beige. So, okay, go yeah, with we- vanilla. I vote chocolate. Okay. Um, chocolate. I'm a whole... Oh... I wanted to kind of find out what this one was, if okay. it's vanilla or if it's almond. Eat that or something else entirely. Eat that Go one. Go for it. I would have to go with vanilla, but this is very bland. Hmm. Vanilla is generally bland unless you like really overdo it. Hmm. That's too bad. It is a very plain cookie. So what would you, how would you rank your cookies? Um, hmm. Lemon, strawberry, this raspberry. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you really did not like the raspberry. I didn't like the raspberry. Mm. I mean, I shouldn't say I didn't like it, but it, it's not my go-to flavor. Allison, how was your gingerbread cookie? It was good. I liked it. I prefer I didn't compare to yours, Maggie. I'm sure yours are better, but I prefer like a soft yeah. cookie to a hard cookie. Even like well, and a lot of people. So, so the reason that most people when they make ginger cookies at home, they're either making like the hard, snappy kind, or like the firm gingerbread, is because molasses is such a pain to work with. But mm-hmm. what you do here's the thing: is when the dough is, comes together, you dump it into some like plastic wrap and kind of smush it flat and stick it in the freezer for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's re- I mean, truly like once it comes out and you gotta, you know, you gotta move pretty quickly. You can yeah. always pop it back in the freezer for another minute, but it, that's sticky that like you, where you feel like you have half of the ball of cookie on your hands instead of in the ball, like yeah. totally, totally resolves that issue. And then I also, and the reason that these are, are here for me to eat now is because I didn't do this. And so they were too thin for, for my gifting purposes, um, is I like to pop them back into the freezer once they've been pressed into place on the cookie sheet so that they don't spread quite so much. That makes sense. So yeah, so that's my, that's my little ginger cookie spiel. I will link the recipe tomorrow on Twitter. Baking with Maggie. Um, (laughs) Okay. So my walk off win 
If you've been following me on Twitter, you know I just finished my first semester of graduate school on Monday. Um, I posted a picture of all the papers I did this semester, and I didn't realize it was like so many, and they were so thick. <laughs> it was like it, it was like this thick, all my all my papers all together. It's like man, that's a forest right there. But it was. It was a great semester, but it was also a stressful semester, especially there's a lot going on in my personal life right now, too. Um, so I'm happy to de-stress from that for a month. That is my walk-off win. You've earned it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, well, I have a couple. Well, my first is my tree back there. Yeah. It's very pretty. <laughs> I got my tree. Um, and for the longest time, my, uh, I don't have a light switch in my kitchen, so I only had the ceiling fan and then the chain was sticking in the ceiling fan, so I couldn't turn it off. So I wasn't turning it on. So I didn't have light in my kitchen for the longest time. And now I finally got that fixed and then I got a new stove. So I have a new stove. So I baked my cookies on my new stove. Yay! So I feel like I'm like settling in, you know, things are moving. You're make that ham? Huh? You're going to make that ham? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of debating about making the ham. I'm kind of scared about making the ham. Don't be scared of ham. It's the easiest thing. <laughs> don't like, be scared of ham. Like, don't Just don't spill the ham. the ham juice on your foot. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, Maggie, did you spill juice on your foot? <laughs> I did. I have to ask. Well, I was wearing socks at the time, so it like I couldn't like get it away from me. And I had my first moment of like true fight or flight, and I um just ran into the other room. I didn't know what to do, so I just like ran. <laughs> but anyway, I love okay, to tell the tale. That under advisement, not to. But otherwise, yeah, I'm super easy. <laughs> so I feel like you know I'm finally like settling in. Plus, it ups the value of the place. Um, well, which is also a good thing. Um, Very homeownery. Yes. Um, so I'm enjoying my new fan. I'm enjoying my new stove. Um, I'm enjoying my new tree that um, Maddie is not leaving alone. Um, <laughs> so I have like, like I don't know if you can see, like there's that one like little bare spot like to the side there. That's like Maddie range. So I can't put anything right there. Um, like that's like anything that she can reach. So all my stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so there was that, my cookies that a nice patron and her daughters left me. And then my final thing is I did see Spider-Man. Um, and it was really good. It was everything everybody said. Um, I went to a matinee by myself. It was the first time I ever went to the movies by myself because I'm like, I don't want to be spoiled, but COVID. But you've never been to the movies by yourself? No. It's fun. It's great. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I had off on Monday. All I'm like, the popcorn. Huh? And you I had all two the armrests too. So <laughs> I had a whole row to myself. There was only like 20 people in the theater because I went to a one o'clock showing it Monday on Monday. Because are the best. So I probably didn't get the full theater experience because like, you know, everybody was going crazy and everything. But I'm like, oh, so. You also didn't get the full theater COVID experience. That's so. the thing. I'm like, I didn't, you know, it's close to Christmas. And I'm like, I, you know, I wanted to see it, but I wanted to be safe. So 
And um, so I'm glad I went, um, you know, but then, like I said, I've been sick and I'm like, the last thing people need is like me coming and coughing. So I did break a bottle of water. I'm like trying to like sneak it under my mask. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like the pariah in the theater. Um, but there was a Mets reference in there too, which was, was. awesome. Yeah, it was. I was very excited. Oh my God, oh my God! Michael <laughs> like, literally... Michael literally grabbed my leg and squeezed it when the Mets are for tapping. He was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, Leonardo yes, DiCaprio.jpg. I, I did see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we know the Mets exist, but they've never confirmed the Yankees exist in the MCU. So I'm very happy that like, you know, the Mets, the Mets are the only are... team in the MCU. Yeah. Um, and they did get Thanos in uh, Endgame. So I guess they're all back now. I guess they're okay. Wait, the uh, whole Mets got Thanos? Well, that they, would, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. They were in the, the therapy they, group. And yeah, and it was like it was a, the Mets. and they showed the abandoned city field, city field and everything. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I figured they were all gone. <laughs> That would be so Mets. Oh my God. 50% of the world vanishes and somehow it's like 90% of the Mets. I'm like, of course. Yeah. This is so hilarious because I don't know what any of you are talking about. I even wrote an article about it trying to pinpoint what game they were playing when they got that (laughs) Because I'm like, there's cars in the parking lot. So it must have been a big but they stink. So what game could have possibly been? And I came to the conclusion it was the David Wright retirement game. Oh, oh that's a good one. Could win that one. <laughs> so, so my conclusion was since that game went extra innings, everybody turned to dust before the game ever concluded. So that meant David Wright never retired. I was gonna say, does that mean David Wright never retired? Good. Well, but now he did. he's one also dead. If because I, he was if the I only one left. Okay. Everybody who was Thanos came back. Yeah. So he's back and now retired. Because his back is still fucked up. It's still the Mets. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So that was my entire like nerdy article that I wrote, like trying to dissect (laughs) a one second clip of City Fields in (laughs) Endgame. <laughs> computer enhanced and it's like, really like, 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 good. I appreciate your dedication to that, Linda. Uh, but, but Mike Piazza also exists because Peter Parker had a Mike Piazza pen in, in his room. So Mike oh. Piazza also exists in the MCU. It's true. It's true. So, like, you know, that was oh, me nerding out. Spider Man was good. It lived up to the hype. Yep, and go see Spider-Man. Your, your friendly Mets neighborhood Spider-Man is your friendly neighborhood Mets fan from Queens. Yes, yes. We love to see it, don't we, folks? <laughs> um, uh, I have one thing to say, Spider-Man. Let's go Mets, baby. <laughs> Mets. I have something to say, Spider-Man. Let's go Mets, baby. Love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off one for this week? Uh, I thought I would come up with a good one by now. Um it has not been like my walk-off wittiest of weeks. But um, I mean, I'm definitely psyched that the holidays are coming up. I got the kids some awesome shit. Um, and that's like a legit, like I'm not just being like, oh, poor me. I'm excited about my children's presents. Like, no, no, no. If I could buy my kids like huge toys every day, I would. I love that shit. Um, but I guess, you know, I would say is um, my in-laws arrived in the city. Um 
from South. These are the South Dakota in-laws that put us up for four months last year. So you guys are the whole reason why Jacob deGrom is the most popular player in South Dakota. They swear they they don't know what that is, but you know, there's, they're very, they're very supportive. They're very like uplifting of the people in their family. And I, they are a hundred percent the kind of people who'd be like, what is Jacob deGrom doing? <laughs> so they could then text me like, I hear Jacob deGrom pitched very well. Just to make me feel good about my thing. Like that's just, and so that's, what's, that's something that's really lovely. It's just that they're going to be around yeah. for like a month. Um, it's the best combination of circumstances in that they are here locally and they are not staying with us. So it's really like, Best there will be worlds. no like visitors and fish stinking three days. Like none of that business. We just get them <laughs> around and in our lives. Um, they dropped off two suitcases, the size of Wisconsin filled with presents for my children. So like, that's also good. Um, I genuinely, like, I have no idea what I'm gonna do with them. They don't fit under the, they're not gonna fit under the tree. Like, <laughs> But okay, good problem to have. Um, yeah, so I'm they're they're lovely, and um, it's my father-in-law's birthday on Christmas Eve. We call it Jeffmas. Um, oh my god! Happy birthday! <laughs> his parents must have been absolute like saints on earth because he loves having a birthday on Christmas Eve, and oh. I've never known any human to feel that way. So, but they're just like special. They're just special people like that. Like it is not surprising that he loves having a Christmas Eve birthday. So. Um, yes. Welcome Jeff and Barbara and, um, preliminary happy birthday to Jeff. My, my Nana's birthday was on Christmas, but she's, she was a Jew. So it didn't matter (laughs) Um, from that perspective, but um, that is, so that's also that was, he's the first in a like bizarre line of family birthdays because, uh, Jeff's birthday is Christmas Eve and David, my husband's birthday is Valentine's day. And Thomas, my son's birthday is the 4th of July. Oh, and he was due a week earlier. And everyone's like, no way. He's going to be born on the 4th of July because of the holiday thing. And I was like, you better not be born on the 4th of July. I'm not carrying around this baby for seven extra days. And (laughs) I did. And yet here we are. So that's just a fun little bit of like Wigan family trivia. Excellent. Excellent. We love our holiday birthdays. Um, Comment if you have one too. Yeah, it's true. Tell us. Um, I'm the first day of summer sometimes in a blue moon. <laughs> so close. I'm not I'm on... always, I was always the first day back from winter vacation. So that was always, uh, Oh, that's right. Your birthday's coming up too. Yeah. yeah. Happy early birthday. Thanks. No, she's not happy about that. <laughs> I know. I mentioned it. Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned it. So yes. okay. Yeah. I took the cue from you. My, birthday, my birthday's not on Halloween, but it's close. And so my birthday is always a costume party. And so that I love. So I do, I do love having Halloween birthday. It's great. Until we got married, our anniversary was Halloween because that was when we started coming out. So that was, I, I always liked having a Halloween anniversary because you can get a reservation anywhere. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Truth. True that. Um, my walk-off win for this week is that, um, Yesterday, uh, I had my, we had our like friends virtual secret snowman exchange uh, on Zoom and it was lovely. And it was just like, it was really nice, like getting to like open presents and just like chat and like getting to reveal and like having people guess who bought who what things and then revealing it. And um, I got 
uh, my friend um, Michelle, which is who the person that I had, um, she just got married. She and our other friend Brittany just got married. And so I made the, one of their wedding photos into a Christmas ornament and she didn't know about it. And it was very, very heartwarming to watch her open it and be like, oh, it's so nice. I'm going to hang it on the tree. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, it was just really nice uh, getting to open gifts and chat with my friends over Zoom, even if we couldn't do it in person. Um, I think that like, it'll be a nice tradition to have, like, we've done it in person before, but like, it'll be a nice tradition to have because like, you know, we don't all live like super close to each other. So like, there are probably going to be years where we can't gather, even if COVID's not a thing. So, um, it'll be nice to just, you know, have this as a tradition moving forward. So it'll be great. Um, so that's my walk-off win. Um, in the meantime, I hope you all have a very wonderful holiday season. And if this is a tough time for you, we understand it's not an easy time for people um, all the time. Uh, we're thinking of you and uh, we hope that you have a nice new year and we will see you again in the new year. Um, 2022. 2022. Yes. yes. Um, in the meantime. Actually, our next one is my birthday. It is <gasps> indeed. Our next pod is Linda's birthday. Um, but and Linda might have off. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we'll depend on my mood. <laughs> depend on Linda. She's grouchy mood. like she isn't even actually younger than me anyway. Right. But it's fine. If you're grouchy, it'll put you in the right mood to talk about the Mets. It's Paige is just a flipping number, you guys. Forever young. It's true. My body is old too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like breaking down. <laughs> But um, my back, back. (laughs) all having lower back issues on this podcast. Um, My apologies to everyone watching this who has an age that starts with a four because you probably think we are a bunch of assholes. (laughs) (laughs) All of our ages start with three, which is not going to be true eventually, I guess. (laughs) But for now, 40 plus, you guys are young. I started, you may not. for a while, I was the only one in this pot on this podcast in my twenties. Yeah, you're the baby. I am. I, I I'm younger than Kellyanne, only by a little bit. Um, a little bit, yeah. I'm the older. You're, wait, you're you're 31 right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm I the veteran leadership. I I recent I I'm a relatively recent 31 year old. I turned 31. In- I'm the journeyman pitcher at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I I am a 32 and a half plus one day year old. Oh, happy half birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'll be 37. I will officially be like hanging on for dear life. I am signing minor league deals from here on. Listen, <laughs> Max Scherzer just made $130 million. Maggie yeah, think of, you, you got to think of What's that. What's your excuse? <laughs> I have so many of them. Okay, I'm five foot two. <laughs> I crack under pressure. <laughs> I've had two kids. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, during during your holiday lull, um, hopefully you have some time off work. If not off work, then you know a chill time at work. Um, during that time, you can go to amazenavenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. I already previewed some of it for you. I've got two Scherzer, I mean two Scherzer, two Showalter. <laughs> they both start with sh- <laughs> they I, I have uh, two Showalter pieces coming out for you um, in the next few days. 
Um, and you can follow the site on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pot of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Sarovich. You, Maggie? At Maggie 162. Kellyanne? At LRB. E-L-L-A-R-E-B-E-E. And you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Please do so. Amazing Avenue Audio. Rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to the podcast, if you're hearing the podcast and not watching live right now, is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasts.